0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Second Door on the Left. This is your host, Drew House. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Got a lot of cool things to talk about tonight. Um, I had a few ways I could go with the intro, but as promised, I said last episode if I was to receive any voice messages, they would be on the show. And what better time than to just go ahead and roll that out now? We received one, All right, So we're going hit to up, hit up in the intro right now. It's from the self-proclaimed... Number one fan, Matt Harding. Enjoy. Now you get a little brave. You get really brave. And I don't appreciate you saying my name on the radio. So you leave Big Tommy Toggeson out of all your talks. Because when the University of Memphis comes down, everyone's going down. Well, that uh, did not sound like Matt Harding. That was Big Tommy Tigerson. I guess he got a hold of our self-proclaimed number one fan's phone uh, probably while he was in the middle of sweating that SEC championship game at some point. You know, it, it makes sense. All right? It, it makes sense. So, Big Tommy, going to devote the intro to you, brother. Your Memphis Tigers – had a 17 point lead in the second half and ended up getting beat by 15. I I hate it for the U of M. Uh, They are the closest school proximity wise at the, you know, uh, from where we record this, this baby right here, this podcast. And it's unfortunate they had them and they let them off the hook. Now, unlike Matt Harding's team, they bounced back. They found a way. That's what good teams do. Memphis is not a good team. They're not a good team. They are. Uh, they're, a definitely se- they're definitely set. They definitely a second tier team. If it's a three tier system, they're in that second tier. All right. It's okay though. But big Tommy, I, I appreciate you listening. And uh, sorry I brought your name up in the previous episode. Uh, maybe I jinxed you. You probably do think I jinxed your Tigers. Because if I hadn't made mention of Central Florida and uh, the Central Florida Memphis game and and making that one of my picks, then, you know, who knows? Memphis probably would have won. And I'm sure you feel that way. But and for that, I'm sorry. Uh, But the fact of the matter is Memphis let them off the hook. Uh, You know, so there's the intro. There's the voice message. I'm a man of my word. Uh, (laughs) We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Roll the music. Hey y'all! Yeah, Darkness, <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers had to mix it up a little bit this episode. Love that song. Love that entire album. Honestly, um, what was the name of that album? The Getaway. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, they came to uh, they came to the forum last year, and I didn't go see them. But uh, I did go see them probably about nine years ago. Has it been nine years ago? Matt Harding. Freaking Matt Harding, shout outs all throughout this podcast episode already. I did go see the Chili Peppers uh, about nine, ten years ago with Matt Harding. So, great show. Didn't uh, catch him this last time, but still dug that album. Was feeling that song just then. Uh, So, yeah, mixed it up. Not always about the Griswolds. We got a lot to talk about, and uh, there's really only one place to start. There's really only one place to start. And that's taking a trip back to Jerry's world. For a little bit and talk about that game Thursday night. And I'm just going to completely spitball it. Okay. I didn't write down any stats. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't rewatch it like I have been known to uh, for some of the other games this year that the Saints have played. I think I got a pretty good feel for the game, though, uh, even having not rewatched it having not wrote down many notes uh, for this podcast. Uh, I think I got a pretty good feel. And the fact of the matter is Demarcus Lawrence went on record saying everything he said. If, if you don't know what he said, look it up or listen to the last podcast. I think I give a pretty good paraphrasing of it. Um, the defense completely backed up every word their uh, captain said and the Dallas defense Held down the fort, was ready to play, and they stifled, just completely smothered uh, my my team, uh, my team on offense. Uh, Drew Brees had the had 126 yards passing, something crazy like that. Uh, the fewest offensive uh, yards in the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era since 2006. They were not able to get the ball rolling on the ground. No passing game, hardly at all. Weren't able to sustain drives. The offensive line had trouble protecting. It's one thing to get pressure on Drew Brees when it's an edge rusher because Drew Brees is good about feeling it, stepping up in the pocket, stepping up into a clean pocket and avoiding that edge rusher. No problem. When you start getting interior pressure, over the center and the guard, all up in six foot even. If we're if we're being uh, generous, six foot even quarterback that Drew Brees is, it's going to be problematic, and it was problematic Thursday night. Drew Brees was rushed. Uh, Drew Brees did not have many receivers get any separation. Uh, this seemed like the first night that another big name receiver would have really helped. Traquan Smith was non-existent. Uh, some of the other players that had had big games were non-existent. Uh, Michael Thomas was was shut down for the most part. There were flags thrown uh, against players that were guarding him. There seems to be word going around that he was being held more than even the flags would lead you to believe. The fact of the matter is not a lot of receivers got separation. And when they did, or if they did, it seemed like those those were the plays that the Cowboys were generating their pass rush and Breeze was taking a, a sack or having to throw the ball away. It just wasn't a good night for the Saints offensively. Okay. Okay. It was a terrible night. It was a historically bad night. They laid a big fat turd after averaging forty-five points, forty-five plus points, the last three games. So I get—I got to give a lot of credit to the Dallas Cowboys. I got to give a lot of credit to the scheme they drew up. I—I have to give a lot of uh, credit to the. Playmakers on their on that side of the ball, especially the defensive side of the ball, because again, they backed up their defensive captain's strong words against the hottest team in the NFL. And they did it very convincingly in my mind. I mean, uh, I'm trying to stay geared towards the Dallas defense Saints offense um, even even the touchdown, that the Saints scored that could have easily been called offensive pass interference. It wasn't, but it could have been. And that shows you just how slim pickings it really was out there. And to stay on point with the Dallas defense, Saints offense, Dallas defense showed out. They looked like a top-flight team if you're just looking at the defense side of the ball, they look like a top flight team. They look like a, one of those top tier teams in the NFL. If they can match that intensity moving forward as we are in the last regular uh, month of the regular season, happy December to you, by the way, listeners, then they're going to be a force to be reckoned with because their defense looked phenomenal. (laughs) And the Saints, I really feel like the Saints might have been missing Teron Armstead at left tackle, not sure, uh, because Unger, our center, was healthy. Warford and Pete, our guards, were healthy. And the Cowboys were able to generate pass rush in the interior of our offensive line. And that's not a good combination for a quarterback like Drew Brees, who is not known to be uh, for his scrambling abilities. And is a shorter quarterback, and even without pressure in his face, he's usually on his tiptoes making throws. So, kudos to that side of the ball for Dallas. Kudos to that side of the ball, big time. I can't, I can't say anything but good things about the intensity and uh, how much I respect how you backed up your 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 uh, captain there, Demarcus Lawrence. So that tells me a lot about. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence as a player, as a leader uh, on the field and in the locker room, and again, if the, if the Cowboys can match that intensity moving forward, they're gonna be they're gonna be a handful for a lot of teams. If you switch to the to the Dallas offensive side and the Saints defensive side, I'm pretty I'm pretty pretty pleased with the def- our defensive side of the ball's ability. Uh, to keep the the Cowboys at bay. Um I mean let's say even if it let's say you know as a Cowboys fan you're probably saying that well they took a knee inside the five and could have could have put up 20. Even with putting up 20 that I'd take that. I would I would have taken that as a Saints fan. I, if you had told me that our defense was going to give up 20 points I would have taken it. And I would have I would have taken those points, and I, I would have felt pretty strongly about my team scoring at least twenty one. So, you look at the defensive side of the ball for the Saints. They sacked Dak Prescott seven times. They they kept Ezekiel Elliott at bay, minus you know a couple of runs, a few runs throughout the entire game. They where Ben don't break. Dak Prescott was 24 of 28 passing. Phenomenal passing night for Dak Prescott. Over 275 yards. Uh, He did have one. uh, Did he have a touchdown? Yes, the screen pass to Ezekiel Elliott. The Cowboys only touchdown. Uh, You know, Dak Prescott had had a phenomenal game. He made enough plays with his arm. He made enough plays with his legs especially a crucial third down conversion at the end. Uh you know, and and the Cowboys offense did enough. And with the defense that they were that they had on the field, 13 points was enough. So you can say what you want about the rifts. All right. They didn't have a good night. They didn't have a good night at all. Um like I said, the offensive pass interference, possibly on Keith Kirkwood for the Saints, was not called. A uh, face mask against Dak Prescott late in the game was not called. But then also a Cole Beasley down a good yard and a yard and a half short of the first down, knee down, and before he lunged for the first down, completely missed. And also a, a launch of the crown of the helmet from Jaden Smith, Jalen Smith, right at my guy uh, AK-41's head, you know? And if there's anything I take offense to, it's that play right there, the fact that that one wasn't called because it was so obvious. And I just don't – it's just a tough pill to swallow when the league – Week in and week in in and week out is trying to enforce these safety rules. And you miss a call like that. It was a third and 17 play. Alvin was trying to get just what he could. Uh, You know, he was well short of the first down, but that should have been a personal foul, 15 yards. The Saints should have had the ball close to the red zone uh, with a chance to take the lead late in the game. It didn't happen, um, so I, get, I give the, I give the props on the offensive side of the ball for the Cowboys to Dak Prescott for making it happen. Uh, I give kudos to the defensive side of the ball for the Saints and doing enough and and doing more than enough. I feel like um, if it was a normal Sunday, to doing enough to get the win. But the offense song for the Saints didn't didn't do anything close to what they needed to do. Um, you can also point at one man in particular, Randy, Randy Gregory, for the Cowboys. Uh, the punt, the roughing the punter, first down for the Saints that later led to that touchdown, an offsides call against Randy Gregory uh, uh, on a sack. Forced fumble, recovered by the Cowboys, overturned due to the offsides penalty. So there was a lot of things that were about that game that were just a little screwy. For me as a Saints fan, um, Cowboys fans are loving it, as they should. Huge win for them. And all in all, I have to say it was much deserved because of their defensive intensity and effort in shutting down our offense. So they did a phenomenal job with that and uh, they should be commended. You know, they really should. So as it, as much as it pains me to say, I wanted to go ahead and get this part of the show out of the way and uh, you know, just, just express that. I don't think uh, I'm not, I'm not worried about my saints at this point. I'm I'm happy that they're able to go back, look at films, see errors, Get them corrected and get ready for the last four games of the regular season and see what happens. All right, we got a lot more to talk about, but now a word from our sponsors. Yeah, I had to get a Liquid Nations Plus plug in right here. Man, if you have not stopped by our store in Olive Branch or our new store in Hernando or liked us on our Facebook page or visited our website, liquidationsplus.com then you are missing out, okay? I don't know what other way to put it. We have great deals. We have great quality products, and you're not going to find the deals anywhere around town, all right? You're just not. Uh, It's so crucial to follow us on our Facebook page because we do our daily deals um, there, and uh, that's how you are always able to keep up to speed with what's going on within the company uh, in regards to the store or the website, but uh, you get a lot of cool preview pictures for the day. Uh, we restock every day. Uh, just a great place to work, great place to be a part of. And uh, we're trying to share the wealth, all right? Trying to share the wealth. So if you haven't come to st- come to our stores or shopped online or visited our website uh, you know, or visited our web, uh, our Facebook page and liked us on there, then uh, you should do that. You should take the time to do that now or uh, wait till after the podcast But uh, yeah, check us out, man. Get some great deals. Awesome deals uh, you won't find anywhere else. Liquidations Plus. Happy shopping. Now back to the show. All right. uh, So to kind of piggyback off the intro with the Memphis and the Central Florida game, let's go ahead and dive in uh, just for a little bit on these conference championship games that I Okay, I did go 6-0, which is good. But there were zero upsets, zero upsets. So I actually went with all the favorites. Oklahoma got their revenge on Texas in the Big 12 championship. Uh, The Big 10, Ohio State blew Northwestern out. In the Pac-12 championship, Washington, in a baseball game score, uh, took down Utah in the ACC championship, Clemson, over Pitt, Pitt had no answer. And uh, the AAC, as mentioned, Central Florida came back from a big hole uh, in the second half to upend Memphis uh, by a wide margin uh, in that one. But the, the game of the college football weekend was easily the SEC championship. And, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on what I was doing Saturday morning here in just a little bit. Uh, you may or may not be aware. I was in the uh, half marathon for the St. Jude uh, Marathon weekend. We will get to that. but after the race, uh, the family and I, we got home. Uh, Olivia took a nap. Katie was uh, just down to relax. We got an early start that morning. so I went over to the jeez, uh, I can't believe I'm about to name drop this full again. Uh, Matt Harding's house went over to his house and was able to watch the first quarter and a half of the game. Now, I got to tell you, as a state fan, really, it it wouldn't even matter what kind of fan I was, but uh, to see an Alabama fan in such disarray, it was very funny. It was very funny. Um, getting some of the play by play when I was, when I left his house, uh, to, so he could keep me up to date, uh, just listening to him, you know, tell me that Georgia had scored, except he didn't use those words. Uh, he just gave me silence, uh, but I used the context clues before that leading up to the silence to, you know, pretty much, you know, be able to figure out that Georgia had scored, but, uh, Georgia scored early and often, but they did not score late and often enough because Alabama came back from 28-14, and uh, with Jalen Hurd's help, they were able to take down Georgia and win the SEC championship. So that was a great game. I got to give Alabama a lot of credit. They were outplayed a lot in this game. Uh, but it did not matter. As I mentioned, uh, Alabama is a, is a very good football team, obviously, and good football teams find a way to win. And that's what they did. So uh, 6-0 in college championship weekend. Uh, so that's that's pretty good. Uh, just an early preview. I'm going to go ahead and give you because we're going to have time to dive into all these bowl games that are coming up for these teams. I uh, want to go ahead and give you the – College football playoffs. Uh, in the Orange Bowl, we will have Alabama and Oklahoma. And in the Cotton Bowl, we will have Notre Dame and Clemson. Alabama one, Oklahoma four, Notre Dame three, Clemson two. Pretty good matchups. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I do think Alabama will win in their game, but it's going to be interesting to see Notre Dame and Clemson. I have not really seen either one of these teams play. Um, so for Alabama Clemson, that would be a a recurring theme there. But if Notre Dame somehow finds their way into it, uh, I do believe a time when Alabama and Notre Dame played in the national championship. And I think it was a 28 to nothing skunk, something like that. But who knows? Still a lot of time to go into that, but definitely wanted to touch base with those other games. Um, as for the NFL, I did not have a good, I did not have a good week. Like my saints, I did not have a good week. Uh, I picked the Saints. That didn't work out for me, obviously. I picked the Falcons, stick a fork in them. They're done. The Ravens get another win and improve to seven and five on the season. Lamar Jackson holding it down at the quarterback position. Uh, I did get Broncos Bengals. That was a good one. AJ uh, Green is officially out for the year on IR. So the Bengals. You can go ahead and stick a fork in them. They are done. No quarterback, no playmaker. They're done. Rams at Lions. The Rams win by double digits there and improve to 11 and one. And they have a pretty good hold on that number one seed in the NFC. Cardinals at Packers. Pick the Packers. And boy, was I wrong. The Packers lose to the two win Cardinals. And Mike McCarthy is out as head coach of the Packers. Mike McCarthy was hired on back in 2006, the same year as Sean Payton. So he has been there a while. And uh, it was just time for a change, apparently. So Mike McCarthy out. Uh, We'll see what happens the last month of the season uh, with Joe Philbin as interim coach and what happens next season, getting uh, a guy in there to head coach Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, are you can stick a fork in them. They're done. Bills at Dolphins. The Dolphins, wow, that looked like a crazy game. They hold on for dear life as the Josh Allen pass to the end zone as time expired, falls just short. Bills just barely missed winning that game. The Dolphins 6-6, six and six, still alive in the AFC wild card. Uh, the next game, Bears-Giants. Way to go, G-Men. That's way to go, way to keep the Bears off the Saints heels. The Giants get a big win even without Odell Beckham recovering the onside kick. They hold on and win in overtime. Giants improve to 4 and 8. The Bears drop a big one, 8 and 4 on the season for them. Uh the Panthers. Wow, the Panthers are in a tailspin. I really hope they don't get their bear- I really hope they don't get it back. Uh Seeing as how the Saints play them two out of the last three years, but they are now all the way down to six and six as the Buccaneers knocked them off and improved to five and seven themselves. Uh if the Saints, looking ahead, real quick, if the Saints beat the Bucks in Tampa Bay, they will be the NFC South Champs, uh, which is awesome. The Colts and the Jaguars. I picked the Colts and of course the Jaguars pull out a baseball score of their own own and uh, hold the Colts scoreless, I do believe. Maybe the Colts got three, but uh, the Colts offense nowhere to be found uh, in Jacksonville for that one. Missed that one. I did pick the Texans over the Browns. The Texans, once 0-3, have now rattled off nine consecutive victories. Very impressive for that Houston team. They are looking like a serious threat in the AFC Jets at Titans. The Titans come back from a double-digit deficit in the second half and pull out a win and keep their season alive. They improved to 6-6 six six right in the thick of that AFC wildcard hunt. The Chiefs and the Raiders, a 40-33 game. The Chiefs win. Patrick Mahomes continues rolling. The Chiefs improved to 10-2. The Vikings and the Patriots picked that one correctly. The Patriots win that one. Uh, they improved to nine and three Vikings dropped to six, five and one Seahawks completely dismantled the 49ers. Uh, they improved to seven and five and, uh, Sunday night game. What a game Steelers, Chargers, Steelers up big Chargers storm back in the second half. And, uh, have to kick the the game-winning field goal no less than three times, three consecutive offsides penalties on the Steelers. Uh, The third one is declined, and the Chargers improved to 9-3 and and knock off the Steelers on Sunday night. Great win there, 33-30. And at the time of this uh, recording, I do not know the uh, outcome of the Redskins-Eagles game. I believe the Eagles are up. By about twelve late in that game, I picked the Eagles. But right now, without that game having concluded, I am eight and seven in the NFL. So not good, not good. Picked a lot of games wrong. There were some upsets, but uh, there were a few upsets, honestly. And uh, you know, just didn't just didn't overall have a good week as far as the NFL goes. But maybe I can get to nine and seven. I did pick the Eagles, and uh, they are leading at the time of this recording. So. That is the football recap. That is the saints Cowboys recap. That is the championship weekend and the college football world recap. And now I want to end this show talking about something that I was just truly blessed to be a part of for the last five plus months. I've been training to run the half marathon and the St. Jude marathon, uh, up here in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a great cause. Um, I was truly humbled by the turnout and the support in and around the city of Memphis for this race, for the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, and the full marathon. Over 25,000 runners participated. Uh, this was my first year participating. And uh, over $10 million raised, just you know, phenomenal job there by all runners and all everyone that raised money uh the volunteers were in full force making sure this record-setting day went off without a hitch uh, the amount of support from the citizens in the uh, in the city just lining the streets was something to see um and just a great time uh, a great cause just a, a huge bright spot for the city of Memphis. There are not a lot of bright spots, unfortunately. Uh, we always hear about the crime, the gun violence, stuff like that. But St. Jude, what they do for these kids is, uh, it would be a bright spot in any city. So uh, Memphis, kudos to you. you, deserve a lot of credit. Uh, it, was a, it was a phenomenal weekend, truly blessed to be able to run. Uh, the kids for, uh, of St. Jude are the main reason I run uh you know i just feel like if they were able to that's that's what they would be doing and uh with the the hand that god dealt them they are uh they just have to fight for every every second of every day and that's what they do they have great doctors in that hospital uh giving people uh, donating keeping the lights on there and uh, as no as no child pays for a bill there no parents are stuck with that just a phenomenal work that that uh, establishment is doing. I was, I was very honored to uh, be a part of that half marathon and uh, I look forward to the full marathon next year. Got to give a lot of credit to my wife, Katie. She holds down the fort while I am out running and uh, while I was out training and I'm already back training again, uh, getting ready for next race, I guess I'm going to go for the full marathon next year. So 26.2 miles, it's going to be awesome. And uh, I look forward to raising a good bit of money for St. Jude because it is such a worthy cause and I feel so strongly about it. And uh, that, that feeling is uh, even more amplified. Having experienced the race, seen the turnout. Uh, I was able to give a young girl Right outside St. Jude Children's Hospital, as we ran through the campus there, I was able to give her a high five, and uh, and she just, you know, just that little bit for me personally uh, sparked me, and was I was able to push and just was able to keep pushing because the support was running rampant through that city Saturday. So uh, just can't really say enough about what the uh, what the people. Uh, of St. Jude did what the volunteers were able to do uh, to make sure that this day was a huge success and a huge success it was. So just had to get just had to get uh, go on record as saying that. I thoroughly enjoyed my time and the training was well worth it. I was able to clock in at my fastest half marathon time, uh, just uh, a couple seconds over eight, eight minutes per mile for the 13.1 miles took me an hour and 45 minutes and 11 seconds to run 13.1 miles. So I was happy with my pace and, uh, I felt it, I felt it yesterday. I definitely was sore yesterday, uh, the day after the race, but I was able to loosen up throughout the day and then actually go running last night and again tonight. So, uh, you know, just, just really can't express, my uh, gratitude uh, for being able to run and uh, how much these kids inspire me to do that. So uh, great job, St. Jude. Kudos, you know, beyond kudos to you and and what you do on a daily basis for these kids. So thank you once again, to all the volunteers, all the citizens that came out, it was a great weekend. And I I really cannot wait till next year uh, where I'm going to be running at least twice as long. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really going to be experiencing it next year, but I will be ready. Uh, don't you worry about that. So had to get this episode laid down. I think I talked about enough uh, things that I wanted to get in. Uh, we will be back in the next day or two with our picks for the upcoming week. And uh, we're going to throw in a couple topics. Going to have a couple surprise guests on here as well. So thank you as always for the support. Thank you for listening. Leave us a voice message. Leave us a voice message. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. You will be on the show. So uh, I was expecting Matt Harding. I got big Tommy Tigerson. You know, it is what it is. So <laughs> uh, y'all be y'all be good, man. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode of S-D-O-T-L. Until next time, God bless. Take care of each other. And, uh, you know, y'all be good. All right. Go out there. Be productive. (laughs) Be thankful for what you have. All right. We out. Peace. That was for you, Big Tommy. It just felt right, man. It just felt right. Um, Definitely for me, an old Mississippi boy, I definitely have a more profound respect for the city of Memphis Uh, For Mark Cohen with that song, I'm not even just a huge fan of that song, but it felt right at this moment for this podcast, and I felt bad for the Tigers. All right, they had it; they couldn't seal the deal. I know Big Tommy's probably got his head buried in the dirt somewhere. Uh, I just hope you know somebody's somebody's watching a little Timmy. That's all I care about. All right, y'all, voice messages. Voice messages. Hit me up with them. (laughs) That's all I got. Later.